Holman, I'm going to do something that we've never done before. I'm going to start the show with... Master monitor key engine parameters. And why would you do that? Because uh, there's no waiting. There's no anticipation. There is... Um, I just, I feel like it's too soon. It's premature. Because I was at a, a sled pole when I heard that audio. Yes, that's true. And we're going to be talking about a diesel sled pole and Dino Run and some other stuff. From uh, the at, same event, right? From the same event, exactly. But a year the, later. The ultimate call-out challenge. Right. And I think we're going to be checking in with Mr. K.J. Jones, editor of Diesel Power Magazine. Oh, we will be. Okay, so we've got that. We've got a secret in-studio guest. I don't know why I called him secret since he's sitting right here. Because his mic is turned down and, and then we'll, that way he can't talk yet. We'll be divulging his... His identity soon. <laughs> okay, yes, I like that. All right, and then uh, I think we're also talking to a gentleman named after a state. Yeah, we will. Right, and he'll be talking about uh, some really cool aluminum parts that you'll be interested in. Uh, yes, absolutely. The, and uh, in they fact, are aluminum; they're not stainless. No, right? no, they're they're aluminum. Okay. And uh, I actually met him as a judge on uh, SEMA Launchpad last year. Okay, and so his uh, be interesting to see what SEMA Launchpad did for his success, and uh, and how's you know how's companies growing since then because it's total entrepreneur. It's a pretty cool story. So, yeah, we've got a lot of good guests. We want to thank Nissan. But first, can you – I just can't get over that we're at episode 68. I cannot believe you've lasted this long. Hey, oh, Alice, Alice. Come on now. <laughs> uh, well, you know why we've lasted this long? Mm, because of Viagra? Our, <laughs> nope. Because okay. of our good friends, Nissan. Yes. And we have to thank you, uh, Nissan, for uh, backing us on the Truck Show podcast. We appreciate you and your five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Best in the business if you're in the market for a half-ton or half-ton-plus truck, the Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XD. Love that 5.6-liter uh, Endurance V8, that 5-liter Cummins V8? Oh, no, by wait the way. They, well, hold on. So they call it the Endurance V8. Yes, it, w- w- is there a reason behind the name? Because it sounds really good in marketing because they're so <laughs> darn um, Because you can beat the reliable. crap out of it yeah. and it will endure anything uh, you can throw at it. Absolutely. That's what I believe. Not even, not even a little bit of us doing marketing spin for them at okay. all. Did you talk to your counterparts here at Motor Trend to find out if I can get my uh, my fat ass into that uh, driver's seat on no, that beautiful blue Titan outside? We don't go through them. We go through Nissan, our friends. Okay. Yeah. Well, just it was sitting out here. Last show, yeah. and I came out here, and granted, it's changed parking spots, so someone's driving it. Did you see there was a uh, a orange one, like the burnt orange <gasps> copper one? That no, was I there? came in the back way this oh, time. Yeah, yeah, if you look, there's another one that's here right now. So the way, you, you, had, a, you had a beautiful blue, and now you got a, a burnt orange one, uh-huh. and there's nothing for lightning. I have no idea who has the keys to those. How do you, you're a big man on campus over here. Yeah, but I don't, I don't run everything here. No? Hey, did you see, we had a listener um, who sent us a dyno pole. Of the five liter Nissan Titan XD, says it's the most powerful, and I don't know, maybe uh, Walter Cheney may uh, may disagree. Okay. The dyno plot that he sent us on Instagram through direct message. Okay, I see that on your phone now. Yep. Tell me more. 603 horsepower and <gasps> 1,035 pound feet of torque out of that what? Cummins 5 liter in a Nissan Titan XD. Okay, wait. Is this more than the the uh, the diesel shop that called out Walter Cheney? I think this is from the, the oh, shop. Oh, the same yeah, guy. I think, okay. I think this is the, the dyno uh, part. So this Lord, is, yeah. I can't remember the name of that CFT dyno. CFT Performance. CFT Performance. Yeah. Thank you. And so uh, now I, I guess they're holding the high striker. So, I mean, at some point we should check in with Walter. I know I know Walter listens to the show, too. So he might. I, I'm, I'm curious for a Walter rebuttal. Give me that horsepower torque again. Sorry, you have to fire your iPhone back up again. Uh, it is 603 <laughs> and 1,035, although they did have a run where it did 591 horsepower and the max torque was 1,086. 1,086. 
86 Dude, out of five liter that's Cummins crazy. in a and Nissan I, Titan. I've been waiting to see what that engine's capable of, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. That's pretty awesome. All right, so before we move on- We need to talk to him because we need to find out what he's doing for his thermal management. So hit him up. Let's hit him up on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. All right, we can't forget about our associate sponsor, Decked, for all your awesome, uh, I don't know, Things rolling around in your bed, denting it no, uh, we're not, off road we're not around corners, them. and hold on, we're not thinking them for the stuff that's rolling around in the for bed. securing it for securing yes, it. Thank right. you. Right with their uh, <laughs> two thousand pound uh, carrying capability, their awesome made in the USA decked system with locking drawers, Swiss, German, or otherwise ball bearings. I still don't know where they're right. made, now but they are so sm- now. Wait a minute, when you say two thousand pounds of carrying capacity, yeah. that is not in the drawers. That's on top that's of on the top. drawers. So you could put your UTV right on top of your deck system and then fill your deck drawers all with all sorts of goodies. But just don't be like that guy with a quad that everyone's seen on Instagram that rides up the, the ramp and, and then, then falls over, over yeah. backwards. Or the guy that goes through the back window. Right. Oh, <laughs> man. Why? Why do you guys do that? I think just because they can. Because But they're after, not doing it on purpose. Oh, you know what it is? What? Beer. I like beer. Yeah. Hey, let's start the show. <laughs> the Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Alan, do we look like fools? Come on, fun to me. <laughs> fun? Okay, that's our super secret guest. Yeah, he uh, he's he, on the casting couch right now. He has not to get scabies. <laughs> he hasn't been introduced yet, so he doesn't exist. <laughs> that's uh, that's our future guest. Exactly. He's not here yet. Okay, so what are we doing first? Are we uh, are we phoning Kansas? Yeah, or we're gonna KJ? Get, we're gonna phone Kansas first. Okay, and uh, Kansas is the uh, the owner of Pack Buell. So uh, let's give him a shout. Hey guys. Hey, is this Kansas Sarton? This is Lightning and Holman from Truck Show Podcast. Hey up, guys, dude? y'all doing all right? We are doing outstanding. But before we can let you talk, we have to play your intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you want to come back. See, because Kansas. Our wives are not happy. No, they are happy. Oh, no, they are. In because this case, they are. we filled up the cargo area of our SUV or our pickup truck, and we need more room, but we can't afford a new truck. And so Kansas is coming to the rescue with, I'm going to go ahead and say it, an heirloom quality hitch basket. Heirloom quality. Heirloom. Yes. So you know how you, you'll go to, I don't know, I, w- I won't name the company, but I've had friends who go buy a $150 or $200 hitch basket, and it's rusted out and rotted out in a season, and- Three years, they've had three hitch baskets, and they get it all banged up, and they're ugly. What if, just imagine this. Do we have, like, that, that dreamy uh, music? Well, I only have... Yeah, that's it. All right. Okay. okay we're going to go back. We're going to go back. I want you to visualize this. All right. Now, do, wait, do I, do, do I close my eyes? Close your eyes. Okay. And then imagine, like, twinkling in stars, and there's, like, a fog around the okay. image that you're... Yeah, are, we, are we there? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. My right. eyes are closed. You're not going right. to teabag me or anything, and, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, and right. your wife, your wife uh-huh. has a really nice truck. And you oh, go oh, and really? get this powder-coated, oh, wow. 
crappy steel basket and you shove it on the back yeah. and it's super rattly and she hates you and she goes I love my car now I hate it and I'm going to divorce you and, and I'm taking the kids and <laughs> oh, by the way I, I drained your bank account <laughs> and it's just it's and by the way your last beer I gave it to my boyfriend or or well, that's hard yeah no I know or you go over to packmule p-a-k-m-u-l-e dot com mm-hmm. and you can get a gorgeous one hundred percent TIG welded aluminum hitch basket. Did I uh, did I oversell that, or are we right on target there for you? Oh no, man, you're on target. Uh, <laughs> I love the heirloom piece of it. <laughs> now wait a minute. Okay, so let me ask you this. So the wife has saved up for the last like thirteen years for a piece of Louis Vuitton luggage. Now, am I putting that in the back of the Forerunner, or am I putting it in Kansas's pack mule? No, yeah, for sure you got to put it in the pack mule. Yeah. I mean, that just, it all goes well together that At way. the risk well, of getting it stolen, how, I'm no, showing no, no. it off, right? Exactly. How else will <laughs> people right. see that you have that uh, expensive bag? No, what you yeah, do right. is you get a, like, 60-quart Yeti, and then that is probably the same price. Got it. <laughs> that's okay. right. Tell us, Kansas, how did this whole thing get started? Were you, uh, were you out to make a buck or do something better or solving, or did you have one that was a piece of crap the way that Holman described, and you're like, there's got to be something better? Yeah, so, uh, I mean... I guess it was probably 18 years ago, um, looked on the market. They were all crappy. I just built one out of steel. You know, 18 years ago, we all were in a little bit better shape than we are today. And How so, dare you? Um, no, I don't think so. so. Oh, you, oh, physically. You? Yeah, yes. <laughs> sure. Physically, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I just wanted to make it bulletproof. Nothing to happen if I back into a tree or whatever and welded that dude up. And it was a nice 87 pounds and uh, leaned up against the fence, paint chipping, rusting. And, you know, I got older, my back, my back wasn't enjoying, uh, loading and unloading that thing. And, um, there was a sort of a turn of events. My daughter cut her head on the bungee cord. I set it on my foot and it was just kind of that precipice. Like, God, there's gotta be a better way. This is totally ridiculous. This thing looks crappy. It's heavy as all get out. It's kind of wobbly, you know, there are all these things. And so a couple of weeks later, I was on my boat, um, chasing redfish in the bay and everything on boats down the coast is curved, you know, round edge aluminum. And I'm holding on to the grab rail, and I was like, wait, that's it. You know, we got these pulling platforms and T-tops and all this stuff. Why can we not make a hitch basket out of it? And I just assume somebody surely has already figured this out. And so I do this extensive search online. Nobody's made one. I said, well, forget it. I'm going to go design it exactly how I want it. And so I wanted to hold 265 Yeti side by side. But I still wanted to be able to raise the lift gate of my SUV and get my dogs in and out without having to take the coolers and the basket and all that stuff off. Because that was a big pain with the other ones, too. You know, you got to. You got all your stuff loaded up, and now you can't get to the cargo that's even in the back. And so uh, just played with the dimensions and styling and finally got it right. And uh, the first trip that I took it on, we were dove hunting down in South Texas, and two of the guys were like, hey, man, I want, I want one of those. Where'd you get that? That thing's awesome. I said, well, we fabbed it up. And uh, it was just a series of events over the next six months, people stopping us when we were on road trips to Montana or wherever we were headed, Colorado, and saying, hey, where'd you get that thing? And I said, man, there's – there, we, we got something going here. You know, we've, we've created a way that makes it easy to load everything and then access it while you're on the road or in the field. And we found we were getting out of town more because it was easier where there's, I don't know if you guys are the same as me, but I feel like I'm always shuffling gear and packing and unpacking for different trips or where we're going, whether it's a desert trip or a hunting I trip. I call that um, adult Tetris. So, right, yeah. so basically <laughs> sure. in, in my Jeep, I, uh, I, 
I learned the skill uh, in Boy Scouts. Uh, I was Eagle Scout, so able to uh, go on many, many camping adventures. You were an Eagle Scout too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. And so uh, I learned how to pack things. And Scout, so, Scout's honor? Yeah, absolutely. Give me uh, the oath. Tr- well, how about trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, Friend, courteous, courteous, kind, obedient, obedient cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Reverent, All right, yes. good enough? All right. Yeah, nice. Right, okay, I still got it. Um, and, and so I got really big. Everybody in the troop knew that nothing would go home unless I packed it. And so over time, I have become a pro at adult Tetris. And nice. I, you know, but you're always looking for the straight thing when you've got like the L shaped and it's the wrong way and you know, all that stuff. So I had met Kansas as a judge on SEMA's launch pad last year. Okay. And I was incredibly impressed with the product. And I was like, man, this is the night. I know it's a hitch basket, right? Because you're thinking, yeah. oh, it's a hitch basket. I can get anywhere. The, the, the craftsmanship and the quality of this, I was so blown away by. I'm like, I've never seen anybody put this much effort and detail into making a nice hitch basket. Okay, so I have a question for you, Kansas. So we, we talked yeah. about this on the last show where people were accusing, like, Gail Banks of over-engineering his parts. Like, you've gone too far on uh, a rear differential cover or on, on, a, on a tuner. We don't need all those safety features. You're just adding fuel. Why would you do that, spend all that time and cost us more and all this stuff? Well, in fact, there is no such thing, I believe, as over-engineering. There's only under-engineering, right? Yeah, And so nobody knew that they needed your basket until they saw your basket, and it clearly (laughs) solved the problem, right? Check this out. So you you said your steel basket was, what, 84 pounds? So a pack mule being made out of aluminum, I'm looking at your website, packmule.com, and that's with a K, 42 pounds. It'll never rust. It's TIG welded. It can hold 500 pounds of cargo. And you've got a couple different versions, one for Jeeps that have a lower wall height on it so that you can swing the tailgate open with your spare tire on the back. So you start, look at how's that over-engineered. That sounds like that's the solution we've all been waiting for. You know, um, we started off with the original being the the taller rail with our SUVs, but we had Jeeps too, and we couldn't use it without extending it out further, and you couldn't swing it open. And so the the easy solution was, hey, let's drop the rail on this thing. It's no big deal. There's, you know, you're going to strap your stuff down anyways. And we had even a customer today that was kind of hee-hawing back and forth. Well, what if I put some extenders on it? And I said, hey, man, you're going to wrap straps around it. I mean, we've driven, you know, thousands of miles across the U.S. and desert back roads and all this stuff with with lumber. I mean, uh, firewood and bags and coolers strapped to the back. Nothing falls off. You strap it right, you're good. And so, yeah, just trying to make a solution that, that fits well, is easy to use. You know, the mule strap system is a cam buckle system, which cam buckles aren't necessarily new. We just went ahead and over-engineered those polyester webbing, full stainless steel buckle. Um, Cause you know, ratchet straps, who loves a ratchet strap and trying to loosen one once you've got it tight to get that, that cam to spin. <laughs> it, it, it's a mess. Bungees too. Yeah. Bungees are great when they, uh, when the, the hook straightens out and then hits you right in the face. <laughs> yeah. We've <laughs> yeah. all had that happen. Hey, I have a question for you, Kansas. What do you do for license plate relocation or is that not necessary? And what about uh, if you've got a backup camera? Because you, you put these Yetis in the back or whatever it is, uh, you yeah. put your, your dog or your grandmother and she's fat. I mean, so she takes up a How lot of room, you. right? And so the grandmother's on the pack meal though, right? Uh, the grandmother is on the pack mule. <laughs> but only because yeah. she's rowdy and she remembers all the time yeah. that she's riding the back of a truck as a as a young lad. Right. So. And, so, right. and I've used your straps to strap her down. It's <laughs> tough to get her over the over the gut because it's like it let, it liquefies and it doesn't seem you tighten it. But then after like an hour in the like back, the direction it, it's of this. loose. It's loose on her. I like so going I back to my, my, heart, my heart music. I right? think that was oh, way yeah. better than you this. Yeah. We should, all right. Oh, Sonny, I remember the open air freedom of a pickup bed when I was young. So what about that whole license plate thing in the in the backup camera? Yeah, so um, 
the logo plate on the original uh, is sized to fit a full-size license plate. We've already tapped and threaded it. You just take the factory uh, quarter 20 coarse thread screws that are in your vehicle, use them to screw your license plate into that logo plate. And then on the sway back, uh, the license plate hangs a little bit lower, um, but it's still tapped and threaded right over the Packnell logo plate to, to get it plugged in. So you're, so you're legal. Look at um, that. My man, Kansas thinking of everything. That's the license plate. Hey, we love to over-engineer <laughs> stuff. Right. <laughs> and then on the backup camera, you can still see uh, past it. You know, we've, we haven't tested every vehicle that's out there, but for everything that we've ever loaded on the back, you can still see around it. You know, you ha- obviously have to add a little extra caution and, and check your mirrors and do it the old fashioned way. Uh, from, I have the solution know, to that. <laughs> so, you know how, when What's you go that? to a concert now, you have to have that clear plastic bag. Yeah. Just yeah. have somebody make a clear cooler. You see right through it. There you go. <laughs> Wait a minute, clear cooler. Then your cans of Dr. Pepper and all the bud in the back, you can't see that. Hey, back. don't complicate my vision, pal, all right? <laughs> Try to be entrepreneurial here, just like Kansas. So if I have bottled water, I can see with no labels there on. There you go. Right? Carry the Dr. Pepper Perfect. inside the bottled water and your clear cooler outside, you're good to go. Okay, I, like I see that. So, Kansas, when you're getting this thing started and you're selling a couple dozen of these things, were guys accusing you of over-engineering? We're like, we don't need that. I'm happy with a $50 rack. Even today, we still get, you know, on our on our social media ads and stuff, people say, hey, I get a $80 one at Harbor Freight. And my response is, hey, if you're happy with your $80 Harbor Freight one, you know, I, I'm not trying to sell you this thing. I just have this thing for the people that wish that there was a better way to, to store and haul their gear. And let's also talk about you include a anti-wobble hitch in there as well, where yep. other manufacturers, you have to go get that part separately. But yours is designed not to wobble and to be just as secure when you put it in the hitch. I mean, you could jump up and down in the back, and it doesn't move at all. So, again, Grandma's in the back, but she's sitting on the driver's side. Right? Why are you shaking your head? You don't like the Grandma? I don't like not the Grandma okay. reference. Yeah. Right, yeah, poor so Kansas here. Like, what are you doing about the, What are you doing about the wobble there? Because I have seen these things going down the 405 freeway. And by freeway. wobble, we mean lightning being drunk. Like, what happens nope, if— Nope, not talking about that at all. I do not drive drunk. That's why I meant Uber was invented. Oh, I'm on you my bicycle or walking? You, yeah, yeah, you don't wobble when you drive. Oh, okay. You swerve when you drive. I've seen guys wobble when they drive. <laughs> I have seen that out here. So what do you do? I mean, is it just such a snug fit, or how do you accomplish Do you have braces that go down? I don't Wraps even it in get duct that. tape, and then throws, like, some straw down in there just to fill it up. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot of bubble gum, you know? You just see? hang it all in see? the corners. Right. It's, propri- it's proprietary bubble no, gum, though. Yeah, no, so we use a solid block of aluminum that goes in the receiver hitch. You know, aluminum is... You know, the reason nobody's done this before, I think, is because quarter wall uh, aluminum tube just it, it's not going to suffice. So we use a solid block of aluminum that goes into the hitch and then we machine it out and thread it. Uh, we use a stainless steel threaded pin that you tighten, which, you know, basically sucks it to one side of your hitch. And then on the opposite side of the pin, um, we've got we include a stainless steel automotive grade lock. It uses actually the old Chrysler, uh, you know, angled Jeep key which is awesome. Uh, It's fun when customers call us and they say, hey, we love this Jeep key. It reminds us of our old Jeep. And the way that the chimney goes over the pin, it takes up the slop on the other side of your receiver hitch. So the the collar on the lock actually goes over the pin, through the receiver hitch on the vehicle, and then back into the solid block on the on the uh, pack mule. So I like that. You've turned, you've tightened one side of the, the receiver. I mean, they're uh-huh, they're correct. clamped together now. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Just like and so, yeah, other you can, you can anti wobble hitch pins. Are there? Yeah, yeah. You can get those. It's just that he includes yeah. it as part of his deal, rather than most baskets you have to get, and they're horrible. So then you have to go to U-Haul and get one of those, you know, Trimax style ones, and then they only have the nut welded on two sides, and then when you go and you know hit it with the impact to tighten it up, it breaks the weld inside. It's, yeah, we've all been there. 
Mm. Yeah. No, not yeah, me. <laughs> I've never had, that's why I asked. I've never had an anti-wobble one. All of mine, so everything, because I've bought so many, every time I go to Lake Havasu or anywhere, I have to buy a new hitch every single time. Why? Because yeah. every time I borrow a boat from a buddy, they have a different receiver every, or they're a different height or whatever. I'm not joking. I have seven in my cabinet at home. Well, I was going to say, why don't you get one adjustable height one, but you have it all covered I now. do know I do now. Yeah. I actually, at, the well, last, at last SEMA, I talked to a guy and he given me one. Okay. And so I have an adjustable. And we should talk to that in our tow You know what we should talk about is how, how much can you tow with the Mini? See what you did there? <laughs> yeah, you liked that, didn't you? Yep, I got to go. So my mom's calling. I got to go home. Hey, um, hold on. I, I got a question for Candace. Yeah. And, you know, you and I met at SEMA Launchpad last year. Yeah. And for people who don't understand or don't know what Launchpad is, it's sort of, sort of like Shark Tank for entrepreneurs that SEMA puts on the SEMA show every year. And I was uh, fortunate enough to judge last year, and I get to go back and judge again. And I'm kind of curious, what did you get out of it? And did you notice any growth with the company? And how's the company doing since uh, since we met back in November? That's a lot of questions. That's a lot of questions. I'll start at the beginning. SEMA uh, Launchpad was awesome. I think that it really helped uh, us to formulate what what the elevator pitch is. You know, how do you quickly tell people what you're doing? SEMA set us up with a booth in um, Performance Pavilion, I believe it was, which is outside. You know, there was some traffic that was directed our way. I, I think the whole experience was awesome. I think it, it helped to sort of shape the way that we think about um, how we need to grow the business. And I can't say that there was anything directly that came uh, from the show. I mean, the performance pavilion is awesome, um, but, but it's also not in kind of the main area of SEMA. And so um, so I think the traffic was maybe lighter than than what we would hope. So we've actually bought a, a, a booth and and I think our calls next week or something to do our booth selection inside to, to give it a you. shot. Because, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah good for you. Because all the people are there that, we want to be a part of, you know, I mean, we're in the automotive aftermarket group, all the Jeep guys, truck guys, SUV guys, all of those folks are potential customers. I mean, if, it doesn't matter if you're hunting, fishing, camping, just going on a family road trip. I mean, what our product fills a need for, for all of those groups. And so, um, so we want to come in strong this year and we're excited about what we're doing. We're still kind of in the planning phases of it. Uh, meeting the group of guys that, that were contestants, the other nine individuals that pitched as finalists, uh, was probably one of the stronger bits that came from the whole thing. We, we've been sharing a lot of information uh, between ourselves on, hey, I'm doing this. It's working well. What are you doing? Any ideas on who I need to talk to to figure out X, Y, or Z? And so so from that perspective, I think that was probably the strongest of play that came from the whole Launchpad experience. And how's business today? Man, business is great. Um, you know, people ask me all the time uh, what's going on. I tell them just every day gets better, which is all you can hope for, right? We've done more than half of our revenue from last year uh, total in the in the first uh, quarter of this oh, year, wow. which is is really exciting. Congratulations! Yeah, so we're um, we're working on a bunch of new products, uh, accessories that'll go on pack mule, other accessories that'll be on a vehicle that are all kind of in the aluminum, uh, high quality, bulletproof type design mold, and and trying to take pack mule from you know just carrying cargo off the hitch to what else can pack mule do that is that is addressing a need that, that might exist. We don't, you know, people ask us all the time, like, Hey, you do roof racks. And we're like, no, there's plenty of people that are doing roof racks right now. And they're doing them well. There's not really a need there. So yeah, it's good. It's an exciting time. We've got a bunch of dealers that we're, we're growing. We, we hired sales uh, earlier this year. And so we've been expanding our dealer network to some flagship folks. So if there's any dealers out there that are interested, give us a call. So Kansas, what's your hope for distribution? I mean, do you want like a, a, a four wheel parts, a multi-store chain? Do you want Walmart? Like what's your, in your, in your head, what are you shooting for? Or 
uh, you know, cause some companies just choose, I know you do have some distribution already, but they're like, you know what? We want to go direct to consumer through our website. What's your plan? So we have direct to consumer. I mean, that's how you kind of have to start off these days. Um, people being able to see this in person makes a huge impact and, and we want people, you know, we have to ship it. So we find a lot of people on a Thursday realize they need a pack mule. And I mean, even today, somebody called me and said, Hey, who do you have in San Jose, California? And I'm like, Hey, we've talked to uh, a couple folks out there, call them up, let them know that you're interested. In the meantime, we'll ship you one. But, um, you know, right now our focus is on independence because I think independents are more apt to take a chance on a younger brand that isn't quite as well known. I don't ever see us going, you know, to the Walmart distribution model, but is yeah. there a brand, is there enough unique about it that it's, that it's defensible with patents? So are you protected in that sense or do you have to worry about, you know, a, a larger brand kind of ripping you off or overseas or have you had that problem? Are you led light bars? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, we, uh, no, we're not LED light bars. And so uh, we do have two patents uh, that are filed on, on Pat Mule um, and then a bunch of trademarks and other things that are, that are associated with the brand. Um, so, yeah, there's there's enough in what we developed. You know, we wanted to be the biggest one in the market. So it's 12 square feet, half the size of a short bed pickup. We wanted to not wobble. That's a patent. We, we wanted to be able to organize gear in such a way. And so the design of it, and the ability to raise your lift gate without having to take anything off or swing anything away is all part of the patent. So, yeah, there's enough unique about it that we've done that. But, of course, there's always a chance somebody's going to come in and rip you off and and copy your design or do something. And I've actually had some other really large global brands that have come up to me and sent a bunch of their designers to walk by and look at my product. And you're like, hey, man, you know, get your own engineers. Do you have like a newspaper <laughs> where you just swat them over the head as they come in your booth? <laughs> get out of here, know, dog. Yeah, yeah, squirt yeah, squirt yeah. bottle. <laughs> Seriously, that's what we need is a squirt bottle. I'd love to do that. But yeah, so you always have to consider that and wonder about it. Uh, we produce right here in Texas, so we're not doing anything international. I mean, it's it's um, you know real easy for a, a company to maybe go overseas and do something. Um, I think the size of it, though, well, the reality is that look, there's 60 hitch baskets on the market. They're all doing something. They've all been the commodity thing. They're all manufactured overseas. They're all fastened connections, and so we're just doing something in the high end market. I, I can't really say that any of those other brands are our competition necessarily. I think um, it's just a different buyer that is a pack mule customer. What's your uh, manufacturing facility look like? How many employees do you have? How big are you guys? And uh, yep. are, are you, you know, is it a, is it like a um, assembly line type of thing where you've got, you know, no, raw materials in one door and widgets out the other? It's just Kansas. It's just Kansas in there. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Someone help me! In case uh, Kansas is hiring here on the Chuck Show podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you yeah. can take my co-host. You were a TIG welder. Every yeah, right. night yeah. he cries himself to sleep. No, we've got a shop partner that, uh, that helps us build them. They've got a huge facility. So what we realized was being able to buy material um, in bulk um, you know, and, and trying to scale the business, just it, there, it was too heavy up front to try to open up a shop and, and to manage all that. We wanted to focus on, on creating new products and growing the brand and not, um, wondering if why the powers flickered or if Joe didn't show up to <laughs> run the TIG today. I hate Joe, man. Yeah. That dude's a dick. <laughs> He's just drinking. He's out every night. <laughs> Joe, show up to work. All right. Pay me good right. money. That's All right, right. so uh, if, if people want to get a hold of you, it's packmule.com, P-A-K-M-U-L-E. But you also have a really awesome Instagram page as well, and I believe that's also Packmule. And uh, yep, you guys Pack do a lot Mule of gear. stuff on there. Yeah, thanks, man. It's a big it's a big fun time. I mean, we're out there doing it. You know, this isn't, you know, people will say, oh, you're just some brand just trying to hose people or whatever. I'm like, 
hey, man, we're hand making these things. We extrude all this aluminum. We bend it. We hand weld, you know, the 75 TIG welds that puts it together, machining it out. I mean, we're, we're just building a quality product, but we're, we're living the lifestyle. I mean, that it, it was developed out of a need. It wasn't developed to go make money. We'd love at some point to make some money out of this thing, but, um, but right now we're having a big fun time just growing it and trying to see what products we can, we can create that are, help people load and go. What do these things cost? We haven't asked that. Yeah, so they're seven ninety five. That includes, uh, of course, the stainless steel anti wobble connection and the stainless steel lock. But it also includes freight shipping to your house. So if you've ever shipped anything freight, you know that's not cheap. And yeah. So what we realized, yeah. freight what is. We realized, yeah, a little bit, exactly. a little bit, yeah. So what we realized is that, you know, we had our original um, sell price on the website, and people were like, oh, that's great, and then they would go to check out and put the shipping in and they're like, Whoa, you know, $140 for shipping. That's crazy. And, and then they would empty their cart. So finally we said, look, we're just going to include shipping, leave the price in there and then, um, you know, call it free shipping. You got to build it in. I think everyone's kind of going that direction. that direction. I mean, yeah. with Amazon, every, all shipping yeah. has to be free. And if yeah. shipping is not free, they're going to abandon the cart at the last minute. Yeah. So right. yeah, I, I found that to be the case. Um, have you quit your day job? Is this full time for you, Kansas? No, so I've still got a day job. I'm I'm in construction and I'm still out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a big beast, and I've self-funded it and bootstrapped the whole thing wow, uh, myself. And so, um, you know, everything that we had, you know, my kids aren't going to college unless this thing turns around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but I, I wish I had crying kids. <laughs> there right. is a drop somewhere. I've heard I that. I don't have before. it. No. Oh man. No, but we we believe in the brand, and there's. Um, there's an exit plan uh, in the near future just because things are so busy right now that um, that it, it, it's going to require it here pretty soon. So we're, well, especially we're after expanding growth. Truck Show podcast listeners hear about this and they oh, flood yeah, your website sure. next Monday with orders. It's going to happen. You know what? This time next year at SEMA, Kansas is going to meet us at SEMA and go. Lund called me or Truck Hero called me. Well, they me. probably already have called him. And, and well, yeah. And they're Here, like, they want to do a deal. No, what he's going to do is he's going to come to us and say, I don't know, can I get that uh, half hour of my life back? Because it didn't do anything for me being <laughs> on your stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Kansas, best of luck to you. The Pack Mule system is really, really cool. We're impressed with it. And it's hard to impress. Holman here has been the editor of various magazines since the Earth's crust cooled and, <laughs> and has seen has seen every product and came in is like, we got to have this guy on because this it kicks ass. So congrats on on impressing this hard to impress guy. And well, uh, it, yeah, and we can't wait to see you in November. Yeah, back we'll at see SEMA, at SEMA yeah. with, with your own booth this time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah, uh, for sure. and don't yeah, be a stranger, dude. If you've yeah, got uh, sure. new products and you want to get it out there, hit us up so we can uh, help you spread the word because we're we're happy to do Let that. Let me ask you this. I'm going to put them on blast for a minute, and I apologize if this goes sideways. But Kansas, for our listeners, could you give them a small, like a coupon code or something to use? And then you could at least track to see if it if, if we can move the needle for you? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do, do truck show will be the code, and we'll throw in a, a free pair of our mule straps. Deal. Boom. I like that. All right. We'll, Boom. And we'll put that on uh, on our social uh, when the show airs, and we'll put it so that if uh, people are interested in buying, add in Truck Show for a uh, – and by the way, talk about your straps a little bit because your straps, they're they're not crappy. They're really, really high quality. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so it's a cam buckle system. You know, it's existed for a long time, uh, in particular in the rafting community, and I've always loved them, but, you know, typically it was a 15-foot strap that you were dealing with to strap a kayak to your roof or something. Um, so it's a spring-actuated buckle. You just, you know, 
depress it with your thumb and um, slide the, the webbing through, pull the webbing tight. And um, the, you know, the harder you pull on the webbing, the tighter it's going to get. It doesn't slip. When we tested them, they broke at 2000 pounds. So we have them rated at 500, you know, you got safety factor and all those things built in there. But um, we, I strap everything with those. I actually wear them as a belt. I was, uh, <laughs> for seriously, that's a, they're a so perk awesome. of owning the company, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. But I mean, I was, I was elk hunting in Colorado and ended up in this real weird situation and thought, man, I'm going to fall in this ravine. It was dark and, um, and I'm going to impale myself. And I thought, Oh, I've got my mule straps. I could use those as a tourniquet. So we actually include field notes on the back of our uh, hand guard now. And so the, the field, uh, note right now is, is, uh, tourniquet is an option for for use <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. it's pretty rad yeah use but the strap a full... stop the bleeding <laughs> yeah yep. that's right but yeah it's a it's polyester webbing so super resistant to uv um high heat mold moisture all that stuff and then a stainless steel buckle and so we we sank the whole thing the pack mule and the buckles in uh the saltwater bay off the coast of texas almost two years ago now uh, just to prove how tough aluminum and the stainless steel and everything was. And it was in there. The plan was for three months. And then Hurricane Harvey came. And I drove down uh, in the middle of the night to go down because I thought, man, I'm going to lose this thing in storm surge. And I'm going to have to redo this whole test over again. And uh, and I got about a mile from the water. And I have a three-quarter ton Suburban. It's getting rocked and everything from the wind. I thought, this isn't worth it. <laughs> so I turned around <laughs> and drove back. And uh, But we found it a month later. So it was in the salt water for four months. Survived Hurricane Harvey. We pulled it out. We've got a video on our website that's pretty awesome. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, too, if you type in Pack Mule Hurricane. And um, and we pulled it out. It was covered in barnacles, no rust. Uh, I still use that, uh, the, that pair of mule straps today. It's got a little bit of surface rust from the stainless that I didn't brush off. But uh, we loaded it on the back of the Suburban put a bunch of gear on the back and went on a road trip. It was awesome. Now, do you sell these individually if someone wants to buy them just for daily use? And Yeah, so you can buy a pair. Well, we sell them as, as, a, as a pair, so two straps okay. uh, in a package, yep. In various lengths too, right? You guys have a uh, a four-foot, a six-foot, and an eight-foot, or yeah, four, six, eight, and 12. So That's if you it. don't want the super long ones, you can uh, get them down to the size that is right for your uh, for your cargo needs. So uh, thanks so much for coming on. That's Kansas starting from pack mule p-a-k-m-u-l-e check them out online or on instagram and uh, don't be a stranger brother it's uh, it's good to hear from you thanks guys this is a big time i really appreciate the invite and having me on fantastic congrats on the success and uh we'll see you at sema appreciate you guys thanks. all right you got it thanks buddy all right later. so uh what's up with your voice because you uh you sound like I, uh yeah like a horse dude i, I do i sorry it was uh, i'm trying to get if, if i if i talk louder it goes up in vo- like in, up in pitch and i sound normal like how but, you used yeah, to sound but, about 20 years ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should play scratchy. a clip from when you used to work at the radio station when you started as an intern because you are like eight octaves lower now. I don't know what happened. And my balls dropped. Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Right. Uh, so right before I came today to, to tape, uh, I was hosting two groups of Cal Poly Pomona SAE students. Ah. And um, it, it was loud, so we were we didn't stop the shop. We just toured them through working, so we're bending you pipe. You have a megaphone? Doing, no. I wish I had because I was screaming the whole time. We had one at 9.30 this morning and one at 1.30. And it was super cool. These these guys were really cool. Um, some are mechanical engineering students. Some are electrical engineering focused. Uh, all automotive, of course. Of and course. it was it was really neat. And we had some former um, uh, SAE. We have former SAE students, Baja SAE and former oh, SAE, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. working there now. Nice. So it's funny because they're now like the heroes. Well, I yeah, didn't know they, this. They're the old guard. They're the old guard. Yeah. But like some of the students walked into the double E department, electrical engineering, and they're like, oh, no, it's Gerson. Like, oh, it's like alumni. And yeah. like, they, oh, hero status. It was cool. 
So, uh, yeah. I, but anyway, I, I was yelling all day. So do you was, want me to handle this next interview with uh, KJ Jones on my own, or are you going to be able to talk? No, I, I need to I need to talk to KJ, and right, I have to apologize I, to him. I would, I would think that a syrupy, sweet monster sitting over there would soothe your uh, your dry throat. It does a little. I but smell it from here, and it it's is nasty. Warm. You know, for the Why last- is the can burning? It, the can is smoking. Uh, yeah, no, Do you it, think it, if you poured that on Kansas's pack mule that it would erode it away? Oh, God. Um, Quick, give me a Dr. Pepper. I got I to gotta get a different taste in my it mouth. It is sweet, and it's warm. It's been sitting here for quite some time. But it, this, I cracked this morning, this one at 6.30 this morning, and I'm going to nurse it all the way to, uh, to like time I go to bed. Well, we're calling KJ. I'm happy about that. Hello. Mr. KJ Jones, it's Lightning and Holman up, from dude? the Truck Show podcast, and uh, and I have to apologize to you right after this intro. Where is that? I've got four chrome rims and a steering wheel. I've got four chrome rims and a steering wheel. Okay, so first thing before we talk to KJ about Diesel Power Challenge and his announcement of the competitor list. And UCC. And we'll go back to Ultimate yep. Caller Challenge, get the recap yes. on that. So KJ was going to do, he announced, so KJ went to uh, uh, UCC in Indiana on Friday to go cover uh, the race and all the action. On Friday morning, he was going to do a live Facebook chat um, with, uh, you did it with the last year's winner, correct? Uh, correct. Cody Pulliam joined me, uh, and we did a recap after the uh, competitors were announced. Correct? Right, and and KJ had uh, at some weeks back told me that he would be unveiling this, and we would get the information Friday or, or Monday when it was confirmed. And I completely forgot that, and I sent KJ kind of a nasty note, uh, <laughs> and I said, um, "Hey KJ, you were supposed to give me this information Friday because Banks is a is a partner on this. We're the official official instrumentation of Diesel Power Challenge." So and I'm like, and I sent him, and I was kind of like a love tap. But uh, he responded. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's let our <laughs> listeners so, let's decide. dissect my email. Okay, because <laughs> I get this email, and I I immediately turn to my wife and I go, "Why is Jay being such a dick?" Yeah. And my wife goes, "What did he send?" And this is the email he sent. Can we get the list of competitors and their contacts? I expected it. You, Friday. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Don't have it. Voice. Thank you. No, no. It's written like an a hole. Can no. we? Okay, let me know. All, right, all right, here we go. I'm gonna soften it. Yeah, be me. Right. I'm gonna be you and soft, and it'll still sound like you're being an a yeah. hole. Okay. okay wait, 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 wait. Say it with my voice okay. and say buddy in there everywhere. Hey, can we get a list of the competitors and their <laughs> contacts? I expected it on Friday, buddy. No, now you're Thank Jay you. Leno. You're Jay Leno now. <laughs> <laughs> still sounds like a dick, right? Okay. So then KJ, because KJ is an ultimate professional and KJ at all is, moments of all time. And cool as a cucumber, sure. And KJ's response is, is beautiful. It's beautifully written. It's concise. But it also just kind of twists the knife right back at you like, hey, pal, don't come at me. And I, I have to give him uh, kudos for that. So this is KJ's response to your, your a-hole email. Jay, I told you the competitors would be announced on Friday and that once I received confirmation from each that they will be competing... The contact list would be compiled and given to Mayor Bulos for distribution. Just FYI, we got our confirmations, and exactly one day later, a competitor dropped out, and the alternate had to be instated to the competitor lineup. Friday was not the promised day for distribution of the competitor list. You think he was typing this in his sexy voice? I believe. What are you doing? I said, quote unquote, (laughs) at the top of the following week, Cage. And that's the nice response. And so about two hours later, 
my email gets lit up again because somebody had BCs or had CC'd somebody else in the group, right? <laughs> right. And, and this comes up. Jay's back at it again. By the way, not lightning because you were in your official capacity as right, your, yeah, as your right, normal yeah, human yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, self. Hey, I feel like I've been put on blast with all these CCs. <laughs> I was just busting KJ's balls. It's all good. Got the list. KJ will be on a conference call with the competitors Thursday afternoon. Thumbs up. And I'm like, that did not save it, dude. You cannot be a dick and then be like, just kidding, bro. <laughs> How do you handle that? Say sorry? Well, you apologize to KJ on the phone right now. I am apologizing to him. And KJ, do you accept Jay's apology? Because right now he's Apolo- in J mode, not lightning mode. Ap- apologies accepted. And um, just letting you guys know, you've probably heard this term before, but in, um, I guess you could almost say... Uh, uh, around the way or, or street parlance, that's known as a clapback, Jay. Oh! <laughs> I got a clapback. Jay Tillis with the clapback. All right, listen. And yeah. that's different than uh, Jay Tillis with just the clap, by the so way. Typically, so typically, <laughs> I will compose an email, uh-huh. and I will then I'll read it, uh-huh. and then I'll actually say it out loud, uh-huh. and then I will delete it, that type of email. And I just sent it, and I said, not a good idea. And then it, that t- that's the type of email that you don't want to send that I did send. And I thought, I should have just cooled down for a second and I should have. Hey, why were you upset anyway? Yeah, are you mad, are bro? You hot, man? So, so here, I'm re- I'm, let me, let's redo this. I'm going to use my editor pen, right? I got my red pen. And you say, can we get the list of competitors and their contacts? I expected to see it Friday. Thank you. The word well, expected on. is the dick Damn. move. That's right. It is. The word right. is expected this is, is what dick I would move. Do. I right. Hey, Cage. Can we get the list of competitors and their contacts? I was hoping I'd see it Friday. Hey, if you have any uh, information, shoot it my way. Thanks. Your buddy, Jay. That's Dude, all you had to do, right? Right, Cage? Am I right? Expectations. Great expectations. <laughs> For the room and our secret guest over here, uh-huh. I was secret a dick. Guest. Thank you. There all you right. Go. All right. There's no. Uh, it's obvious. All of our listeners are agreeing with you right now. I, I get that. And if you don't, or if you do, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. They do Send get it, it. They do get it. Guys, listen. Listen. No, but in I want your hate car, mail to read on the air right in the future. No, I don't want to read your hate mail. <laughs> it was a total douche. I should have deleted it. I love KJ. We've, I've known him for years. Right. We're good to go, my man. And yes, it was just that was an email that should not have been sent, and I should have reworded it. No. I never would have sent. Hold on a second. Email I, sent fine. Just. Just a little more honey in there. That's all. I'm saying that that's the, that's the type of comment you don't post online. You don't send the email, the whole thing. You don't share on and the that podcast. Was an, that was an indiscretion. Well, I'm sharing it now because <laughs> I, we're being honest. I was the one that brought it up. I love the real talk. We could have kept, kept this off the air. And I wanted to publicly, I wanted to say, KJ, I love the guy to death. And I and I think he's, he's, he's funny and charming. And I don't want him to feel like... That was a dick email, and I'm apologizing for I it. it. I should oh, not have sent that. You know what? I, I feel so warm and fuzzy. I feel like reaching over across the table and giving you a hug. I mean, I won't. I'm just saying that I feel like I, I could do that. Just right give now. me a five stars, and I'll feel better. Okay, One, two, on. three. Five stars! stars. All, All right. right. <laughs> it's quality entertainment right there. All right, there. let's get into you why know what, we You know what happened? KJ, I slammed the suckage meter is what happened on my personal time. Yeah, I know you did. That was, that was bad <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, let's turn this into a show time. Ah, damn. And I, I'm the guy, and I have a staff of guys that work for me, uh-huh. and I have trained them to not do that very thing, which is compose an email, sit on, literally walk away, go to the, go to the monster fridge, get yourself... You know, a drink, get a coffee, walk outside, take a leak, come back, and then reread it. And you'll probably think differently about that email. 
and I just yeah, yeah. didn't and I just didn't do that because that the word expected I would have just ditched. I'm like that's what the hell is that? I just boom <laughs> hit send. You know, at six in the morning or whatever the hell it was. All right, so KJ, you've got an important announcement to make. Like we said on Friday, you had your preliminary announcement, <laughs> right? And then you had your yeah. official announcement of the Diesel Power Challenge contestants. But I want to go linearly. I want to take this in order because the first okay. thing that happened this past weekend, uh, or two weekends ago now, right, was um, uh, Ultimate Callout Challenge, and this is in uh, in Brownsburg, Indiana, correct? At the raceway. Correct there? at Lucas Oil Raceway in Brownsburg, Indiana. It's the um, I guess uh, not even I guess it is. The uh, biggest show or biggest presentation of the three major disciplines of diesel motorsports, um, call it under one roof or in one area. All of the big guns come to uh, to put it on the line for a lot of cash out at UCC. That was it. And so were you in the stands when she said... Did that happen? I couldn't make out what she said. Was oh, she back? What? Oh, mounted engine parameters. Was she yes, back or parameters. no? Was, did you hear that girl on the PA system? So when I was at UCC uh, last year. We've been searching for her. We have been searching for for an entire year at every event, uh-huh. and she is not. So this is a girl who was reading scripts but did not pre-read anything. So monitor key engine parameters came out mounted parameters, uh, which is no, a truck no, show no, podcast think- hashtag, by the way. I think she lost her gig, man. She wasn't there this year. Okay. So we can't find her. So we actually had friends who run other events looking for her because they wanted to hire her. We wanted her <laughs> to come on the show to have a redemption where we gave her a script to read and and nothing. We can't find her. And so apparently, and we talked about this, I don't know, in like episode 20 or something. I think it was Jordan uh, from Daytona Truck Me tried to track her down, found out she worked for a temp agency, was fired. And can't find her. So we don't know where she is. How awesome is Jordan, by the way? He wanted to hire her for a comedy's sake. (laughs) Just to have her doing stuff at uh, Daytona. That's awesome. But but remember, Jordan's dead to us. Jordan, I know you're listening. No, he's not. He's no. We just made up with him. What are you talking about? Are you sure? Yes. Oh, by the way, on this last episode, we just made up with him. By the way, I talked to him today. Oh, oh, okay. I got your story straight. I got your uh, I got your hotel room comps. You're handled. Oh, you did. I did. Am I staying with you? Or are we bunking up? Is no, 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 happening? because I didn't want to share a room with you because right. we already spent enough time together. Okay. I didn't want to go back and you know, have you know, my, my, my private time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I realized that I had booked a king bed. And I'm like, it's such a pain in the butt to go back into our, our work software that we do for travel and swap it out, cancel the reservation, redo it. For a double. Stuff. And then if I would have gotten a double or another room for you, then I have to go to the T&E Nazis to figure out, well, why do you have two hotel rooms, you know? <laughs> so then I just texted Jordan. I go, hey, remember that offer about handling uh, hotel rooms? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm fine, but could you get J1? He goes, yeah, I'll get I'll get handled right now. So you, my friend, are taken care of. You All got, right. you got well, a hotel room. I appreciate that. It's very generous of you and Jordan. So, Cage, tell us about UCC. What did we miss by not being there? i tell you what, man. Uh, you, missed, uh, you missed some cold and rain, I guess, on the weather front, and that kind of put a a little bit of a damper on things the first two days, but uh, once uh, once uh, we got past that and competition actually got going, you missed you missed action on the dyno, you missed action on the drag track, and uh, and and at the sled pull on Sunday, man, these guys uh, really put the smackdown on all fronts with Derek Rose uh, finally getting over the hump. Uh, Derek Rose has been a perennial. Um, bridesmaid, if you will, with UCC having runnered up and, and placed third, I believe, uh, in the previous three 
uh, ultimate call-out challenges. Um, he finally got his win, um, and it was really, really, uh, honestly, it was cool to see. Um, by way of uh, scoring really high uh, in the dyno, Derek's Dodge Ram threw down 2,503 horsepower, man. 2,503 horsepower. Hot and, damn. Uh, Dang. 3,783 3, uh, pound-feet of torque. Oh, whoa. Hey, hey, Cage. Absolutely. Wait, wait. 3,700 pound-feet of torque. I, I need Correct. to know, though. Did the atomic clock need to be recalibrated after that was laid down? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, I my mean, God. You, you could say the earth shook every everything you can imagine. You could feel every cylinder of that engine firing through the ground, no doubt. What it was, was it? Did, did you say was it a Cummins or or Duramax or what yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's it's a Cummins, um, a Cummins Freedom Racing engines um, does uh, his engine, and it is a Cummins engine. Uh, just just incredible. I mean, I really, you know, as I've grown or become more and more into the segments uh, of motorsports and diesel and such, man, it was just crazy to see that kind of power thrown down on a dyno by Derek and and um, and nothing to sneeze at with uh, Justin Andres who was uh, behind him at number two he had 2200 horsepower 2268 3176 pound feet of torque and then Sean Baca was in third place on the dyno uh, with the industrial injections backed uh, truck another another Dodge Ram with a Cummins engine at 2194 horsepower and 2935 pound feet of torque so that's what ultimate call out challenge is really about man it's just the upper echelon of of performers on the dyno and then on the drag strip they have to uh, get on the drag strip it's just it's like uh, the three major again the three major segments of this hobby coming together at the highest level basically so kj were you there when this happened All right, so this is the Dirty Hooker truck pulling up onto the dyno. That's one of the dynos that is on the back of a truck, on the back of a semi. There it goes. Explosion! No, 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 dude. Fireball. Fireball. Wait, wait, listen, listen. Still going. So, I mean, that thing is on fire. That's a yard sale so right there. Here's, so my understanding, so I spoke to uh, Chris Nelson, who was a, a, a tuner that happened to be standing just nearby. And I, were, KJ, were you by the Dirty Hooker truck when it went up? I wasn't by the Dirty Hooker truck. I wasn't uh, in close proximity, but where I was, you could see everything that happened. It was it was incredible. So and the, it's kind of a uh, really crazy irony that I guess moments before that, with uh, the person who was doing that interview, they're kind of ha 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 about a fire suit, you know? <laughs> so what happens is, and apparently according to Chris, who worked on the truck afterwards, this was going to be a super high horsepower truck and has won a bunch of events in the past. And the guy, the owner of this truck has dumped tons of money into it, billet everything, blah, you know, heads, what whatnot. So the turbo frags, the, it sends the turbo right through, uh, sorry, the, um, the wheel right through yep. the turbo. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the way it goes nuts, it, pierces the intake manifold somehow and it busts a fuel line and the the way that the fuel line is broken it sprays directly into the intake manifold and keeps it running and keeps it running and then it goes for broke now this is during the fireball and the guy who was driving the truck right on the dyno was not 
the owner of the vehicle. He's just the dyno operator and had never been in the dirty hooker truck before and didn't know how to open the door latches. Yeah, see, that's So the now the truck is on fire. And now, you know, everybody jokes about why we're so strict, especially like Diesel Power Challenge and all these, all these events with, you know, having fire suits, fire extinguishers, your crew being trained, having drive shaft loops, all that stuff, right? Right. This stuff can Absolutely. go wrong very quickly. So the very fire quickly. goes into the cab of the truck. And the guy's got a fire suit on and the whole thing, but he can't get out and he's panicked. He eventually, I think, went through the window and he got out through the window somehow. Now, the crazy part is this truck is total. The whole front is in flames. And the back. And the back. And you're right. Yeah. So the, was the, he shooting fuel out through the exhaust or what was on fire in the I, back? It's fuel everywhere. I don't even. It was, that, was, it was, uh, that was, I believe, just uh, the fire trail, you know, just running okay. along the bottom of the truck out to the back. The oh, back yeah, because the dyno's probably. Take, it's got fans on the, yeah, yeah, uh, on the nose of the truck. Blowing the fuel. Okay. Really so does. then Chris Nelson, this tuner, and a group of other guys um, go and they work on the truck all night. They rewired the truck because all the, the harness was melted. So they installed a completely new harness and a bunch of different teams contributed parts because they wanted to see this guy awesome. go to the sled pull the next day. And it yep. raced and did pretty well from my understanding, right, Cage? Right yeah. It, um, the, first of all, it was one of the most amazing um, displays of of just sportsmanship and, and coming together of all the community, absolutely, of all the, the teams at UCC. Uh, just not necessarily dropping everything, but as they could coming to the um, the Dirty Hooker Diesel team uh, to their pit area and helping to uh, to take another engine and literally redo that 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 truck and make it run overnight. And I was um, I guess right place, right time. And I passed by uh, their pit during the night and took some video. Um, actually, the video is is doing very well uh, on on Facebook, and we have it on Instagram as well. But took some video of that overnight thrash and some photos and popped them online. And then the uh, following morning, when I arrived at the track, I passed back back by there and actually caught the um, the engine, the reinstalled engine, firing for the first time, which was just um, amazing. It was, it was it was a goosebump moment for sure. And then yeah, the truck went to the sled pull. It did make the pull and actually finished second in the sled pull. Wow. At that point, right, the, the truck, the guy comes to UCC, and UCC sort of started with, you know, people bragging on the internet and there being an event for you to, to throw down and prove yourself. Yeah, in, but it's a call-out challenge. That's where it started. And so you have all these trucks, and this guy clearly has you know, some bragging rights. This truck has, has been successful in other places. They bring it. The thing completely explodes, annihilates, all that stuff. And it's like the next day when you do the sled pull, you're not a competitor anymore. It's like everybody has ownership in that truck because so many people put it, it back together so that it could compete. I have to feel like the fact that it won second place is pretty amazing. And it, uh, again, goes back to being that it's the community challenge, right? It's the community's win, not just the owner of the truck. And that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, sure. And in, in the um, in the sled pull segment, for sure, 308 feet, 308.92 feet for second place in sled pull. And um, I hear what you're saying, man. And I think that I, I, I actually uh, spoke to Tony Burkhardt and, and said, you know, I just need to shake your hand and, and you truly are the epitome of victory, regardless of not winning ultimate call-out challenge or even – Placing first in the sled pull, you are, you know, you're the people's champ right now. No question about it. And awesome. t Tony is the the owner of the truck, so that's uh, that's pretty wild. Any other uh, standouts? I mean, that's that's pretty hard to top with the truck exploding and then going on the next day to, to place like that. Uh, anything else of note? 
Did you see any cool uh, new parts out there? Because they do have a vendor, kind of a vendor area where I know there's some parts debuted every year. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in the Midway. I passed by um, actually the um, the Suncoast Diesel Transmissions area, and there's um, it's it's a simple piece. It's called a friction shim, and uh, for those of the um, the people who are listening or are, are, are Dodge guys or Dodge Ram. Uh, and Cummins enthusiasts are familiar with um, what can only be called, I guess, play or slop between um, a flex plate and the actual flange on uh, on a crankshaft where the flex plate mounts. There's uh, just a little bit of the, this area incurs a little bit of slop here and there. I wasn't aware of this, but there was a demonstration at Suncoast and they have what's known as a friction shim. Now it's a very small shim that um, actually sits between the uh, flex plate and the flange uh, for the flex plate, and it eliminates that slop. It's, it was an amazing demo. Um, I'm not doing it justice by my, by, by my description, really, but it's something that I think people should look into because I believe that that um, slop is, is a, common t- a common thing that's um, fixed by adding uh, um, uh, new bolts, uh, a modified kit by ARP, but to to support that or further support that, put this friction shim friction shim in, and you have eliminated uh, that play and slot between the fly the flex plate and the uh, and the crank. So, Cage, uh, one of the things we were talking about at the beginning of the show, and I'm kind of curious what your take is, is the fact that um, CFT Performance has now tuned a Nissan Titan XD with a five liter Cummins. And I'm looking at the dyno chart that was sent by a listener, and that truck has 310 horsepower and 555 pound-feet of torque from the factory. And their best run on torque was 591 <laughs> and 1,086, and their best run on horsepower was 603 horsepower, 1,035. And I'm curious, being the editor of Diesel Power Magazine, what does that mean to the sport, and what were your thoughts on finally seeing these Cummins 5 liters showing their potential? I think it's great, and I don't know. I might have saw that truck at UCC. I was driving down, just driving down the road, and a Titan was coming the other way, and this cat rolled into it and lit the tires up. And I had to <laughs> nice. do a triple take. Like, was that a Titan that just did that? <laughs> was like, holy crap. So that could have very well been the truck right there. But I think that, that it's outstanding um, because, as you guys know, or as you know, Sean, for sure, you know, Titan is a it's a wonderful platform and a great truck. And the 5-liter Cummins is a, is a really viable engine, in my opinion. But the, I guess, the um, delay for development of of calibration and 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 definitely hard parts as far as modifying has um you know not necessarily given it a a bad rap per se in the enthusiast um arena but it's just uh something that a lot of people don't know about and you know this is something that is bringing that potential to the front so i think it's you know now a matter of waiting and seeing who else uh you know either furthers the advancement of 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 performance or you know, who are the owners that Walter now Walter Cheney, uh, call yeah. out, uh, Walter Cheney. <laughs> I got to think that we're going to see a Titan here at UCC yeah. in the next couple years. I have to. because the That's two- aggressive. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to knock that idea down, man, but that's, that's going to be that's going to have to be one hell of a tight. Well, it's a five liter, right? It's sure. obviously a different class than the, than the big, the big engines, but just seeing it break. You know, six hundred and a thousand. Oh, wait a minute! A lot of these trucks that KJ just witnessed are five nines. I mean, how much different is it? A liter more. Well, I mean, I know <laughs> it's. I mean, it's literally a point nine, right? Uh, but that's a lot, though. Twenty uh, percent okay. bigger. Okay, right. 
But a lot of the trucks, KJ, the, yeah. the, some of the trucks that were winning this last weekend were not the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest engines. They were the best tuned. Well. No, I, not true. <laughs> no, 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 you have the best tuned with a lot more um, hardware than hardware that's developed for a five liter right now. So we'll have to see what type of hardware. That's a good is point. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it takes less less to get the Titan to that level than it does to get the higher echelon Duramaxes and Cummins to their highest potential, right? Correct. So, yes. so be, be, until somebody makes a complete bottom end and a new turbo Correct. system and exhaust and all those things and a tune and upgraded fuel system, we don't we really There's haven't no, even seen what the potential of the five liter can be. But it. it's exciting exactly. to see it pass that threshold. And I'm told that. 600 horsepower, 1,000 pound-feet of torque, mm -hmm. Titan XD, mm -hmm. totally, totally benefits from the five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I have a feeling that that might not be the case. What? Are you sure? Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, no, no, I don't hey, think so. what do you think? Well, uh, KJ, do you, do you think that Nissan would step up and, and, and have a corporate sponsorship for a, a racer like this, or, or do they do I mean, they, they just... did for this podcast, so well, they, they... They'll, clearly they'll do anybody. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll do anything. <laughs> well, they'll make crazy fruitcakes around the holidays, <laughs> That's right? That's true. But, uh, and they'll sponsor fruitcakes with podcasts, right? <laughs> but I'm curious if, if they would see something, in whether it's a, a Walter Cheney or CFT Performance or something like that, and go... It's out there now. People are showing a, des a desire to make this truck go fast. Can we can we help these guys? Because they do have the resources. I just maybe it may not excite them. That that I don't know. What what's what's your take? Yeah, that's a slippery slope. You know, that's um, the excitement level, if you will. You know, from a corporate standpoint, it has to be beyond you know me, you, and 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 Sean being excited about it. Um, it, it really. There's a lot of marbles in that basket, man, you know, to say that uh, that kind of support would happen just out of the blue and automatically. I think there would be a lot of people that would have to think about a lot of things before they signed off on it. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. So let's talk about Diesel Power Challenge. You announced the yes. guys, like we said, officially. That was yesterday. You came out with a list. And that includes, um, as you talked about, the returning champ uh, plus nine competitors, correct? I'm sorry. Or is it uh, eight plus one? No, it is. You're correct. It is uh, Cody Pulliam who returns our 2018 Diesel Power Challenge champion. Cody Pulliam returns with his Chevrolet Silverado to face nine competitors who were selected by our readers. Yes, sir. So, KJ, tell me about the, the, the breakdown because it's a certain number of each brand, right? Correct. Technically, we have the, the breakdown is three of each brand compete. So that would be three, six, nine total three uh trucks from each brand compete against the previous year's winner to make our field of 10 trucks this year however we are in a situation where we have uh four trucks from the ram contingent that are actually in competition because one of the fords dropped out uh, and the drop elevated the um position of our official alternate so the official alternate brand this year is as ram so that Ram moves into uh, the, 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 the field uh, by way of his alternate spot. And what it looks like, and I'm looking at the list of competitors, they're not all, well, they're not modern, meaning these nope. all look to be, for the most part, pre-emissions equipment, so pre-DPF. A lot of these are 05s, 06s, 
Um, I see an 09 Ford F-250. I see a, a wow, a, I see an old school. Did Matt Mayer, is he still in it with the 97 Ford F-250? Yeah, Matt Mayer, Matt Mayer has the old body style Ford, the 97 Ford with the 7.3 liter power. Love me some engine. OBS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, very popular, very popular uh, um, uh, on the forums and in the uh, the social media arena. And um, once his name was announced, uh, that that kind of went went a little bit crazy on the the Facebook and stuff there because people were happy about Matt making it. Let me ask you. So Cody Pulliam, the returning champion, he's from uh, Idaho. Now he's got an 04 Silverado with your right. standard 6.6 Duramax. And I don't know what mods he's got in, but he's he's reporting 900 horse and 1,900 pound feet of torque. And I assume that's from the last year's stats, or I don't know if that maybe he reported that. But um, what was the winning combination? So how do you win? You've got multiple disciplines at Diesel Power Challenge. It's similar to all the ultimate callout, but this is there's not really any spectators. It's a it's a it's an it's an invite. It's a closed right? it's invite a closed event, event. Yeah. and we'll, we'll obviously we'll be able to see it um, through multiple channels. Uh, there will be a li- and there's a live stream, so you can watch it live from your computer stream. desk at at the office. And, with, yes. and by the way, it's different than all of as, as cool as it was to watch UCC on, um, on I think it was YouTube. No, they, they did it through Vimeo this time. They had it on a web page. The quality of the broadcast at Diesel Power Challenge is enough to where you're going to want to pull it up, pull YouTube up on your Xbox or your or your Apple TV or whatever you got to get YouTube on your big screen and watch it because it's super sick. I mean, they've got steady cams, a great announcer, the whole thing. It's really entertaining and it really, really well done. Um, so let's talk about, go back to Cody. How did he win? What's that? What's the secret sauce? The secret sauce is just being consistent. Um, a lot of people, for many years before I came on Diesel Power Challenge, I came to find I've, I've come to find out that people put um, all their eggs in one basket, uh, so to speak. the uh, The focus was power um, by way of the dyno performance and somewhat on the drag strip, and that's really not. The sole, um, the sole quality that a truck has that wins diesel, diesel power challenge. What I say is that it is um, really all-encompassing. We have six competitive segments in the program, and it's up to um, driver and team as well as truck to do well throughout those six segments and score points. That's what uh, competitors really need to focus on when they come into Denver to uh to be part of this and that's what people watching on the live feed and and just following along with dpc need to understand is that you know a truck can uh, a truck and a team and a, and, a, and a competitor can score can knock it out of the park let's put it like this knock it out of the park on the dyno and that's great as did cody uh cody cook last year who uh pretty much set a record last year with something uh something like 1300 horsepower i believe on the dyno but then um didn't do well, didn't do very well in, in the other segments and and fell off, uh, you know, a podium spot or was, was behind a podium spot because he did not consistently perform throughout the rest of the program. So can you describe the six events that these guys are taking part in? Yeah, the um, competitive segments uh, start with a fuel consumption uh, test, uh, fuel consumption and drivability. Uh, what we do is... Uh, strap down each truck on the dyno at ATS diesel performance and the dyno has uh, a simulated drive program and in this um, in this program the driver and the truck pretty much go through a course that includes uh, various pedal inputs and modulations uh, uphill downhill coasting um, and the 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 trick is 
their simulated dragging an 8,000 pound load. So that's upgrades and downgrades and just working the truck in various, um, you know, various forms to, uh, to maintain um, an, enough of a steady state to not consume too much fuel. That sounds unusual. I mean, I'd, I've never heard of another competition that involved fuel economy. So we've always done fuel economy, diesel power challenge. And so, Cage, I don't know, is this like number 12 or something event-wise? Not annual, but because we used to do multiples during a But a I don't year. even, I've never but, even heard of this in like like sport compact cars what, or anything. So i just give you some background. What happened is we used to do on the road and we do fuel economy on the road. But because every truck is from a different part of the country and emissions laws are different, there were definitely some issues with the you know the local constabulary, um, you know pulling local, people over. A local and, constable. Yes, uh, the popos. Yeah, the popos. <laughs> um, they you know making sure or following out of ATS and seeing black smoke and there are issues. And then when we would all be in a line, you have ten race trucks with license plates. You know they have to be insured. They have to be licensed. But we don't. We don't. You know what individual you know state laws are and all that. So you're on your own to be up to. The, it draws a lot of attention. So a couple of years ago, we found out that ATS's dyno has a fuel economy loop, and then we can measure the amount of fuel it uses during that time, and you're shifting, and it's under load, and it's uphill, and it's downhill simulations. And we found out that we could do that fuel economy in the environment of the dyno and not have to expose the trucks out on the public roads. And so that's uh, sort of where that came from. Yep. Okay, so then you've also got uh, you've got jockeying a loaded trailer with actually not this time is not simulated it's for real eleven thousand five hundred pounds through an obstacle course, right? Yeah, it's a cone course. We've um, re- renamed it cone course because technically there aren't any obstacles to go over and around. You're just jockeying uh, through just mentally uh, through, through a series <laughs> of cones, similar to I uh, similar to like a CDL driver's test where the the truck and trailer have to be uh, maneuvered through this course and and hopefully as quickly as possible without knocking over cones and incurring penalties it's like so the cdl uh, test from hell yeah that, exactly exactly cdl cdl test from hell um so that is another segment but uh, i guess going in in chronicle chronological order after fuel consumption we then go back to the dyno the next day that would be on tuesday for the for the uh, actual dyno performance dyno test and that's all day at ATS diesel performance uh, on the pump seeing how much power and torque are generated by all the competitors that's followed by Wednesday um, where we are at Bandemir Speedway for the day doing all of our on track segments that include uh, a, dra- a drag race portion or actually the um, the uh, eighth mile trailer pull which is the eleven thousand five hundred pound trailer and bobcat combination uh each driver will hook up to that and you want to see some trailer sway yeah watch an eighth mile clear you know clear what like 75 miles an hour you got so you got a little tractor on the on the uh, bobcat on trailer eleven thousand five hundred pounds and it is sketch as hell let me tell you like there are times we're watching from the start line going i'm excited to see the person i'm gonna be at there serious whoa moment it's a matter of like the torque converter when the torque converter locks oh yeah torque converter locked up in nitrous oxide with eleven thousand five hundred pounds behind it gets pretty interesting very quickly oh my god and then we go to heads up quarter mile racing or is or sled pulling what's next uh after that is uh heads up quarter mile racing correct uh the drivers will qualify we have our 10 competitors and they'll have to qualify Two people won't qualify, basically. We run it as a quick eight program after we have a qualified eight field. Uh, we run um, basically heads up 
through an eliminations bracket and uh, the winner is the winner. And then sled pulling is sled pulling as we know it or is there any di- anything different? Now, sled pulling is sled pulling as we know it. Um, cone course follows the uh, the drag race, by the way. But sled pulling is sled pulling as as we know it. Um, Mike Sully and Sons come and help us out with the sled. And basically, it's uh, one hook, a one and done situation where you're just trying to drag it as far as you can. Diesel Power Challenge is basically a five-day torture test, right? Mm-hmm. And it's June 6th. 2nd through 6th at Bandemir Speedway in Morrison, Colorado, which is just outside of Denver, correct? Okay. Just out this west of Denver. It's Bandemir Speedway as well as ATS Diesel Performance. Okay, so let me ask you this, KJ. So I think that you guys are hearing this and going, oh, that sounds like a cool race. But what, what a lot of uh, listeners are not taking into account, elevation. So oh, yeah. most yes. of these guys tune their trucks near, near sea yep. level, right? Whether they're at the Gulf Coast or somewhere like that, air is much denser. You lose a lot of air density at 7,800 feet in the air. Or what? what is it at? I, I can't remember. I think Morrison. Bandemir is like uh, 5,500 or something. 50, oh, I had Anywhere 58. between 55 and 58. Yeah, uh, I've been in Denver where it's been 5,800 feet of, uh, so of elevation. So 5,800, yeah. you're probably going to lose a lot. Fifty. So here's the power. A lot of these guys yeah. come. What and- I like to tell people, um, and I'm going to explain this to people once to the guys once we get up there, is that just you're not at home, um, and really you should take whatever your quote unquote at home statistics are and, and throw them as far away as you can because um, the difference is going to be pretty dramatic once uh, you know definitely on the dyno. And don't brag and- before you get there because well- you will be shamed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty much what happens almost every year. But there's always uh, one, right? Yeah, yeah, there's always one or a few. That it's it's a humbler. <laughs> it's definitely a humbler when, uh, let's just say, at home, a uh, truck uh, put down 1,200 horsepower, but then in the dyno when we're at uh, Diesel Power Challenge, that same truck can only muster nine. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now, so these guys, for 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 clarity here, these are not professional racers like at, oh, no. at UCC, right? Where you where you can go in with a with a half million dollar truck. These are guys that daily drive their trucks. These are selected by the Diesel Power Magazine readers, right? Correct. They're and selected so, by readers, mm-hmm. and they're they're you know if if you will, they're regular regular guys, and and you know regular regular guys and regular enthusiasts that. Uh, are into performance or into the modifying their trucks, but maintaining what we, what, what the, the atmosphere, what the scene calls a street truck, not, not a race truck, not a back half truck that is specifically used for drag racing or a truck that's specifically used for sled pulling. This is pretty much an all around truck that appears um, with a, with a street presence, i.e. has a uh, interior to it, has all of the body panels on it, uh, has a bed in it. You know, you could theoretically take this, to um, you know, home improvement store and pick up lumber or supplies, as well as go to the drag race, the drag strip with it, and go racing, and hook up to a sled if you're into that part of the hobby, and, and go sled pulling. Or Just pick up a uh, bag of truck. stainless steel clamps for your intercooler boots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's recap one one more time. So it's going to be live on Facebook or YouTube. Where are we going to find this on June second? On June 2nd, you don't find it anywhere. We don't go live until June 4th, which is our day, our dino day. Okay, got it. So, and we're going to find this. We're just going to go to YouTube and type Diesel Power Challenge 2019. I believe it's on the uh, Diesel Power Challenge Facebook page. Oh, perfect. Diesel Power Challenge Facebook page, and I I believe- Or Diesel uh, Power Magazine or Diesel Power Challenge page. 
Diesel Power Magazine yeah. Facebook page, and we're also channeling through um, the Motor Trend. Uh, we're using the Motor Trend vehicle in some re- in some way. Uh, the less reliable answer is the Motor Trend YouTube page. Yeah, I believe we'll be showing it, but I don't know all the ins and outs. I'd say that uh, the sure bet is going to the Diesel Power Magazine page. Uh, on Facebook. On Facebook, yes. Got it. And so the last couple years, probably the last four years, I've watched on Motor Trend On Demand for that really cool recap because you guys, it's nice edits and it's and you take us through. You've got, you know, your hosts are bringing us through the whole thing and it's a really cool recap. So if you don't catch the live, I think a couple weeks later, you guys release the recap piece, correct? Yes, the recap comes down. It's a, it's a, a month or so later, uh, but that is a really wonderfully done uh, series of videos done by Ryan Foss and his team, and uh, we're really glad to have that. And it's a way for people to just go back whenever they want to and, and check out Diesel Power Challenge. And we will have dailies as well. So through the uh, trucktrend.com website, people that want to keep up with what's happened the, the day prior can go to the trucktrend.com website and look at our daily videos and our daily wrap-ups. Uh, myself and the rest of my team, the editorial side of the team, will be putting together wrap-ups of what happened the day before. Fantastic. And uh, Lightning and I will be there, so we will uh, be posting uh, some audio from that as yeah. well on a future episode. We might do some video. Show podcast. I, I, right. I'll shoot some video. All right. Okay. All right, cool. I'm okay. going to try, try to lose some weight before then. Uh, just wear Looking black. forward to seeing you out there, Lightning. Uh, well, our next guest, who is our, our secret guest in the studio, I believe brought us black shirts. Oh, interesting. So slimming. Very make, slimming. Make look thinner. Yeah. Got it. Okay, All right. good. <laughs> All right, KJ, we love you. And sorry again, and uh, I, I owe you a beer. No worries, guys. Take care. All right, guys. Right. We'll talk night. soon. Talk okay. to you soon. Thanks, Thanks buddy. a lot. Holman, how are you feeling about uh, reading some email? Ooh, you know that's my favorite time of every show. You email? Yeah. I love, I love the way you dance. Holman, Holman, shake, shake them pants. <laughs> Doesn't make the difference. Uh, uh, raise the roof with the email. I'm not going to share that with our listeners. Like, I'm just going to keep that little, this little, uh, I feel little like interaction that, I feel between like us. Need a, some sort of a boomerang or something. A boomerang of uh, of what? Of you oh, just shaking dancing, that ass? Yeah, or, high, or uh, five-starring at some point. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like that intro because you uh, you shake that thing. Woo! <laughs> All right, this one's uh, coming to us from Wes. He says, hey, guys, I've been listening to you for the better part of six months and love the wide variety of truck content. You always, um, your show always helps me disconnect from work on the weekends, and my wife is grateful, even if she doesn't understand the show. The Galisode was my favorite by far. I grew up around three-quarter and one-ton pickups in northern Arizona. I attached a photo of my family with the 96 7.3 Power Stroke, in which my dad has a full Banks Power Pack installed. It was one of the very- Hey, uh, you missed the cheering. Uh, Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, full Banks Power Pack. Oh, they're happy for you. (laughs) Uh, And he says, uh, my real love, however, is the Cummins-powered- 89 Ram W250. Oh, See, wow. Attached. I thought he was going to say his wife. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, great uncle bought new at a dealership in 1989 after he passed away. My dad and I purchased it. And why did he have to purchase it? He should have just like gotten the truck from his great uncle, right? No, 
No, no. Teacher's responsibility. You gotta have, you gotta give up a little bit, have a little skin in the game. Okay. You can't just be right. everything be handed to you. Okay. So after he passed away, my dad and I purchased it and had just about everything but the motor rebuilt. We've named the three hundred thousand mile truck Never Quit for obvious reasons, and. Till my daughter was born about five months ago, it was my daily. It's been retired to a life of ease in my dad's shop until my daughter is old enough to learn to drive. But don't worry, the room of the driveway was filled by what? A Nissan Armada. And I am blown away by how much I love it. Those are great, by the way. Thanks again for the awesome content. And he says... Five Five stars! stars. West Crates. Oh, this is P.S. Don't let anyone bully you for your mini. I had a 2010 Clubman and a Ram Companion, and it was all rad. The problem isn't that you have a Mini, it's that you have no Companion. <laughs> that's, that's the issue. And by the way, uh, Nissan Armada, one of the last great body-on-frame V8-powered trucks. I think the only other uh, one out there in that size would be a Tahoe and a Suburban. Everything else is either V6 turbocharged or doesn't exist in that uh, in that world. I guess maybe a Cadillac Escalade. But the Armada is based on the uh, overseas Nissan Patrol, and is a cousin to the Infinity QX, but a lot of value for uh, what you get in that. A lot of room, great, uh, great body on frame, big old SUV. So if you're looking for one, head on down to your Nissan dealer. Yeah, we like that. Yeah, I think so. All right, uh, I got one here from Luke, and he says, uh, Luke, hey, light bar and Holdsman. <laughs> light bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of See, because on that last episode, yeah, I was talking about light, light bars. bars yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, uh, I'd like to start off by saying. Five stars. All right. When I started as a delivery, lately, lately I've been we've been pegging the needle over here when we do our five Sweet. stars. Sorry, if I we need broke to your the, I need to increase the compression. <laughs> Oops. When I started as a delivery driver, I was searching for an automotive podcast to listen to, and you guys are the pinnacle of just that. Well, really? I mean, that's there must be some bad podcasts out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're the we're the the top the uh, the top of a very low heap. Yeah, it's sort of <laughs> like um, I know what it is. Yeah, it's like if you made a pile of leaves. Yeah. in your uh, in your front yard. Yeah. And there's, uh, you live at the base of a mountain. Are we the <laughs> smartest of the dunces? Yeah, it's probably not even that. Even. So, but check this out. He goes, moreover. Yeah. Oh, he, moreover. Hold on, hold on. A great example for podcasts of all types. What? Uh, this guy's smoking crack, but we like him. And he used moreover, which uh, I think is I, always I, weird. I, I like it moreover. He says, uh, always focused on what I'm here for. Amazing guests, plenty of inside jokes, and so much more. Yes, including the jingles. Truly... Five stars. Drinking a Red Bull there. We drowning. You're drowning when that happens. Ah, oh, wow. Uh, anyway, great job, guys. I hope Nissan continues re-upping their sponsorship, and I want the episodes to keep coming for years. Uh, we would like that as well. Although Nissan just re-upped for a whole other year. Yeah, they did. So uh, thanks to uh, Nissan as our. Uh, oh, they're happy as well. Presenting yeah. sponsor. Yeah, thank you, Nissan. All right. So he says now to ask a couple of questions. Number one. Will we have the answers? That's the question. I don't know. He actually has three, though. So I think he should have said, I'm answering, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. All right. So uh, number one, how's the Mini treating you, Lightning? Still still getting great gas mileage? Uh, Just like a Prius? The Mini never got great gas mileage. So that is not, I don't know why that ever, people people thought that that I was doing that. It is a commuter car. That's because I don't have another commuter car. Well, it gets better gas mileage than the truck did, but it doesn't get great gas mileage. No, it's it's supercharged. He says, uh, yeah, you you have an S. 91. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it scoots and it's fun, but I mean- has 100 miles of range in yeah. a little fuel tank. Yeah. He says, uh, all jokes aside, I'm a little jealous. I've always wanted a go-kart. It is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, number two. Having had my life saved by Ford's trailer sway assist feature coming on during an uncontrollable misloaded trailer induced sway, when are we finally going to get a towing episode? Well, wait a minute. Go back to this. So he does he tell more about no, almost he losing that's, his life? That's it. He just says, uh, unless I haven't found it yet, I'm still eagerly, eagerly awaiting one. Oh, what a tease. I know. 
What happened? Like, how bad was this sway? Uh, well, probably pretty bad. Yeah. As uh, bad as the one I had on the bridge where I was... Oh, the yeah, front but end no, was always... yeah, but yours was different. Yours was because you had no steering. You had yeah. way too much tongue weight and your front end was in the air like a yeah. truck doing a wheelie. Yeah, we're still working on it. We're trying to get a, a trailer company, an OE, uh, and a trailering expert <laughs> all in the studio at the same time. We're not trying very hard. No, no, that's not true. I mean, you are, but you're not. I have sent emails to both uh, Big Tech's and PJ Trailers, okay. and neither one has gotten back to me. Well, what? Yeah. So they don't have PR marketing departments, apparently. Uh, I mean, they that would be weird. Right. I mean, I see their trailers everywhere. We're going to have the president, not a VP, not a marketing director, mm-hmm. of Oshkosh Defense on this show right here. The president of Oshkosh Defense, the guy that makes the joint like tactical, ve- tactical vehicle. We're we in, can get him, we but can we get can't him. get the guy at PJ Trailers <laughs> to give us a call back. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we're working on it. I, yeah. I want it to be a fully fledged. I want there to be a, a, a truck component. I want there to be a uh, a expert component. I want there to be a trailering component, right? I want there to be like the three sides of the, the, sure. the tripod legs or whatever, right? And then he says, uh, number three, could you guys recap what your checklist the is? The tripod for? legs. The tripod legs. <laughs> the tripod holding up the trailering pinnacle. Yes. I don't know. Uh, could you guys recap what your checklist is for deciding if a vehicle is a truck or not? If you're open to suggestions, oh. I was thinking an addition could be something in relation to payload and gross vehicle weight rating stats. Say, for example, a truck must have a payload to gross vehicle weight ratio of 1% higher than whatever the Honda Ridgeline is. <laughs> uh, sorry for the long email. You guys rock. Crush the next episode. And if you want to make it onto my toolbox sticker collection, here's my address. Um, okay, so we talked about this back with the last uh, David Freiberger episode, which was uh, the second one he was on. And I sort of have a checklist. And there are some things that I think I've modified since our previous checklist. And in fact, I was looking at social. When did this you past, modify this? This uh, As I was reading our, through our social, and I saw some of our fans arguing about whether certain vehicles are trucks or not. Interesting. Using our checklist. Okay. And then tagging us going, right? Am I right, Truck Show Podcast? Yeah. All right. Tell me more. All, right, all, right, all right. So here are the Truck Show Podcast Ooh. rules for okay. what makes a truck a truck. The Truck Show Podcast rules for what makes a truck a truck. A truck. All right. Number one needs to have a full frame. Okay, number one, full frame. Number two, needs to have a longitudinally mounted drivetrain. Okay, so a ridgeline does not. Correct, it's transverse. Okay. All right, as is the upcoming little Ford Focus Base pickup that's coming. Okay. Uh, needs to have 4x4 capability. Mm. Nope, it has that 4x4 capability. Now, when you, whoa, whoa, whoa. That when you say capability, the, so... Oh, it could be a two-wheel drive. Oh, okay, okay. But it needs to have that platform. So it's, just not in, it's okay if it's not enabled, but it could. The truck has to have a capability of four-wheel drive either being added in the aftermarket or as an option from the factory. All right. Okay. And number four, the cargo area must be separate from the cab. Now, hold that thought. Okay. I'm no longer requiring, this is my modification, I'm no longer requiring the bed be separate from the cab because people have brought up what about the old um, mid-gate on the GMs, like the Avalanche. And the new Rivian also mm. is of that style. But I don't know, did we, did we consider an Avalanche a truck? How about an SSR? That was oh. built on a Trailblazer chassis. Okay. And it didn't have it separate. And- Back to Freiberger's point, the unibody Fords. Oh. Because yeah. those are still trucks. Yeah, they are. So I'm just saying it has to have huh. the cargo area separate from the cab. I'm not saying the bed has to be separate from the cab, although that would be the bonus. Well, points. that's your personal preference, but it doesn't have to yes. abide by this rule. Right. So I think my huh. I think number five is optional 
and that is a bed separate from the cap. That's the defining bonus points right there. If you're on the fence somewhere else, okay. that gives you the extra bonus Recap points. again okay. for those playing along at home. Full frame. Number one. So body on frame construction. Yep. Longitudinally mounted drivetrain. Okay. 4x4 four four capability. That's number three. A cargo area separate from the cab. All right. And for bonus points, a bed separate from the cab. Okay. Four with bonus number five. I think so. And uh, I want to hear what you guys think. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Are we, we wrong? To, well, we need to post this, and we need to start the debate. All right. Yeah. I will post on social uh, when this comes out, and we will start to uh, battle it out online. All right. All right. This one is from Ed. He says, just wanted to say I stumbled across your show while searching for off-road podcasts. I listened to five episodes. Um, that's how long it takes to go from hate the jingles to singing along. <laughs> <laughs> Got you covered on your – put your hand up. Five, Five stars. stars! There you go. And started listening from episode one. Um, wow. Yeah, it says, I'm up to SEMA week so far. Wow, he's still really far yeah, behind. Yeah, he's got a ways to go. He's yeah. only in November. You know what, though, is that I think this show is kind of timeless. I mean, certainly we do talk about truck news, so the truck news is pretty, you know, it's timely. It's right up to the minute. However, the rest of the show, the guests, evergreen. You could listen to these shows, I think, years later, and it still makes oh, sense. Oh, like Gale, for sure. And yeah. probably some of Freiburger and Finnegan stuff, for sure. I mean, portal axles. You know what I mean? Portal like axles, just, yeah. It, it, just that type By of thing. By the way, it's that episode's evergreen. done really well. Yeah. Uh, not only has it done well in terms of downloads, I've had a lot of response from people in the industry, like even in Moab when I was there. People going, dude, I had no idea that, you know, what went into portal axles. That was an awesome episode. Well, so. I think that our listeners are they're savvy. technically savvy, and they like hearing tech talk. I don't think they want to be overwhelmed by tech talk, but I do think people really enjoy it. I do. I, I do. love. I yeah. love learning. Hey, it's our show. We're going to do it exactly. Anyway. And he says the Fall Guy truck is the best, but I also loved the 1979 Power Wagon in Simon, Simon and, and Simon. Simon. Oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, I know that we have had a ton of people who told us they didn't know anything about Fall Guy. They went back to YouTube to watch those videos. Yeah. Go watch Simon and Simon. That's another one on your like late 70s, early 80s. You like uh, awesome shows with cars. I like these guys better than than Fall Guy, I think. When I was Dude, awesome. when, when I was watching the uh, the intro, I just like this is a rad 80s yeah, show. Yeah, just absolutely. Like, yeah, so he continues, I listen to the new shows when they drop. Recently, you spoke about the new Tacoma and Tundra sharing the same platform. Yep. Well, I wonder if they figured out what Nissan has been doing for quite some time. Yep. The Frontier and the Xterra have been benefiting from the using of the Titan suspension, commonly yep. referred to as the Titan swap. Giving the Frontier and Xterra a long travel lift and the strength of the Titan front axle and CVs. Not to forget the VK56 V8 swap that bolts right up. I believe the Frontier and Xterra are the most underrated base for an off-road IFS build. What do you say? Oh, yeah, you so, just sent me up. So basically, the uh, the Titan and the Frontier and the Xterra were all built on what Titan referred to as the F Alpha platform. And so they were doing the platform sharing way before. So a lot of commonality in those vehicles. Um, and they were able to scale it for different sizes of trucks. Uh, one thing I do love about the F Alpha platform is if you look at the competition, a bunch of stuff hangs down below the frame rails. But on the Nissans, everything's tucked up above the bottom of the frame rail. So you don't have a bunch of stuff hanging huh. down. So it's protected. I see that from the pictures here. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. He says, uh, I plan to pick up a Frontier or an Xterra in the near future. I drive a Freightliner. 24 years of safe driving at work all day, so I really don't want to drive around another big truck wait, wait, after 24 work years. Of safe driving. I wonder how many miles that is. Because you know how you'll see, like, the uh, people, if you're out on the highway, you'll see a big rig pass to say, three million miles accident free, or something like that. Right. I wonder how many miles he has in 24 uh, Ed, years. Ed, let us know. 
Let us know how many miles you've done. And he says, uh, so he doesn't really want to get home and then drive another big truck because uh, he's got a midsize at home. And I I may also build a samurai for an off-road fun toy. Those are fun. And he says, I may also add... He, uh, a switch to the Samurai. So he's going to add mounted parameter switch to the Samurai. <laughs> this is my first truck was a mini 1987 Dodge Ram 50, currently driving a 2001 Toyota 4Runner I bought in 2002. How many miles do you think he has on his 4Runner? I'm going to say uh, 187,000. 295,000 miles. Oh, man, he's almost in the 300,000 Yes, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, home of Nissan. Love the show, guys. Keep up the good work and... Five, Five stars. stars. All right, got one here from, uh, let's see. Oh, this is from Orange Hat Guy. Orange Hat Guy. Uh, I was trying to see if he actually had a, a name attached to it. I believe this would be uh, Grant. And uh, Grant says, hey there, Lightning and Holman. Been listening to your show since day one, and it's one of my favorite podcasts. Well, thank you. I uh, still love listening to you boys in the tractor. I was actually listening to an episode when the U-joint on our semi blew up last harvest season. Ah. Y'all even read my email back in episode nine or something. I was the Cummins Ram Charger guy. Okay, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Says project update. I've had to put the kibosh on that one after my brother overheated and warped the original 318 in my 86 Ram W150. That's been a top priority lately, and I've actually been looking into tossing a Gen 3 Hemi in it, most likely a 5.7. It would definitely make the old girl more reliable all the way around, but I'm guessing it wouldn't be cheap. Just wondering what your thoughts were on doing a swap like this. And to set the record straight, square body Dodges have always been cool. Uh, I agree with that. And the 5.7 swaps, um, I actually like them better than the uh, the 6 liter or the 6.1. The, uh, Why? Fa- the 6, was it the 6.4 swaps? Um, I feel like the, the- Is it easier to swap or is you just uh, like the engine? I just, the I like the power characteristics of the 5.7 better. And I've been in a lot of Jeeps that have had Hemi swaps and mm-hmm. they've done the 6.4 and- they make a lot of noise, but not a lot of power gets to the ground. I always felt like the 5.7 was a more balanced, you know, swap. My favorite one ever you, was- Are you talking about balances in the, the power band? Or yeah. you mean, okay. Yeah, the power band. And, and I've heard of, or I've driven a lot of swaps where it was all noise, but the transmission didn't do a good job of getting the power to the ground. So what you would expect didn't really feel all that fast. I'm like, if I'm going to have a 6.4 in it, I want it to haul. And it just ended up being really loud. That's a huge engine for not- Hauling ass. Yeah, exactly. A lot and, of weight. And honestly, uh, some of the 5.7, like AVs, 5.7 swap in the Wrangler, mm-hmm. uh, and then I drove one with a stick that they did. I think it was a G56 or something like that. was awesome. Like it, To me, that's a perfect balance. I'm like, great power, but smooth, real torquey, very streetable. wasn't like a wide open throttle or nothing sort of an affair. Right. So I actually like the 5.7 swaps. And yeah, they are pretty expensive. Definitely a, mo- a lot more expensive than doing a LS swap or something like that. He says, uh, I've got a bunch of other crazy truck builds and ideas rattling around in this noodle of mine. We'd love to hear more about projects that the everyday podcast listeners are working on. Well, that's a good idea. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com if you want to tell us about your project. Uh, well, that should be a segment. Wouldn't it be cool if we did like, if we got enough people to talk about their projects? We'd do like I a would like segment? to have, yeah. So here's what I would like. I'd like a five-star hotline call telling us about your project. There you go. I think that's what we do. 657-205-6105. Yeah, 657-205-6105. Or just go on Instagram and at Truck Show Podcast and hit the call button. says, uh, the trucks that guys are building in their buddy's garage on the weekends, the stuff that will never make to SEMA, but they've always wanted to try. That's what he wants to hear about. I love that. says, also, I'll be sure to drop you boys a line this spring from the tractor. As soon as it quits freaking raining here in Iowa, a type of... Field correspondent, if you were. <laughs> <laughs> like literally from the field. Now, what kind of tractor is he driving? Do we know? Uh, it's a big rig. He doesn't say, but he showed, sent us a picture of what it looked like. Oh, I was this, thinking it was like know, a real tractor like, tractor. Uh, tractor trailer tractor. Okay, got it. And then he says, keep kicking ass and taking names. Grant says, P.S. I can't wear my truck show podcast shirt out in public anymore. Why? 
Just don't have the time or energy to keep running from all the ladies and subtracting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Grant, very much. We appreciate it, buddy. Okay, so I think I have the best one. Now, unfortunately, it's a visual. So, Holman, I'm going to describe, I'm going to give you the quote. You tell me what you think is in the picture. So, Nathan says, first off, the subject line is just mounted parameter, so uh, appreciate that. But then he like says, that. so the quote on this, on this photo says, just pack in the essentials. Right? Yeah. Someone's telling him to just pack the essentials. Sure. And then you, uh, then he says, me, right? Uh-huh. So the picture is what, how he's answered, yeah. just packing the essentials. And the rear door of the truck is open. And what is inside of that rear door? Uh, What's inside on that, the, covering the entire seat? Uh, I'm going to say it's either toilet paper or Dr. Pepper, because those are Dr. my- Dr. Pepper! <laughs> ding, 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 of cans of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> just the essentials, in quotes. Uh, I, I don't know if I posted this at Truck Show Podcast, but- uh, I went to Texas, uh, I don't know, probably two years ago. I may have told the story. If I have, please forgive me. But um, Chevy, had, you know, we're friends with a lot of the PR people. Mm. And so Jason Gonderman from Truck Trend had gone to a SRT Trackhawk event up in uh, Northeast, I think Maine or something. And they had Dr. Pepper in the cooler. And so, of course, he tags me and sends and said, we're missing you here. There's a Dr. Pepper. You know, they, they're taking care of it. They thought you were coming. They're taking care of you. And then I was on another manufacturer's trip and there were no Dr. Peppers. So when I went on that trip, I posted, well, I guess they're not taking care of me. There's no Dr. Pepper. <laughs> well, apparently the PR team over at Chevy caught wind of this. Oh. And uh, Jason and I were traveling out for Texas State Fair a couple years ago. And normally you would go to an offsite location to pick up your media vehicle if you have one waiting for you. So you call up the manufacturer, say, hey, I'll be in town. Can I borrow a vehicle for a few days? And if there's one in the fleet, they like to get that out to the journalists and then saves you the, the rental car and you get to experience, you know, their vehicle in kind of a different sure. environment than you normally very would, cool. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and like they it. said, um, we are going to pick you up at the arrivals level in the Tahoe we're going to give you. Okay. And I said, okay, that's weird, but great. So Jason and I walk out of the terminal, and there it is, a beautiful Chevy Tahoe. Okay. And in the back, 2,000 pounds of Dr. Pepper. No. Wait, why? What? 2,000? What are you going to do with all that? We added up what it was. It was it was tens of cases, of doc- all the way to the ceiling, and all, the seats are folded down. And, and it, how are you going to get this back to California? Well, so we it was they had um, some coolers, like those six-pack coolers with the ice in it. Yeah. So they had six cold ones ready for us. The rest were all in 12 you packs. You can't take on anything more than three ounces of liquid onto <laughs> yeah, a plane. Yeah. You're not getting 2,000 pounds of Dr. Pepper. So what we ended up doing is- uh, Hiring a freight company well, to bring it back. We used them for the trip, obviously. We had Dr. Pepper for, for the entire week. Was Let me ask you, was it the uh, air suspension in the Tahoe or was it saggy uh, in the no, back? No, no, no. It was fine. And it actually okay. rode really well with all that weight in the back. <laughs> uh, but, but here's the deal. So we took half of it to a local food bank before we left. Uh. And then we shipped- a quarter of it back to those guys so they can enjoy it, and then shipped a quarter back to our office so we could fill up our fridges at our desks and stuff. Food bank, so, good call. Anyway, good so call. I, I look at that picture that you just showed me there of the backseat <laughs> filled. I'm like, oh, I have the real picture of that. Yeah. I should I should probably post that. Good call. All right, so here's the thing. Holman, go with me on this. All right. I think that we have our secret guest sitting right here, and I want to spend a little too much time with him because I've got a lot of questions that I know that you do, and I feel like we this is going to be. Are the we already running long? Is that that's my problem? Ooh. Is that I think we need to get out here, and I need we we I think we need to extend this into two episodes. Okay, so um, sorry, secret guest, uh, but hold on. Yes, because don't move. We're still going to do tonight's episode. You're just not going to be yeah. out for a couple. Of- so I think we're going to get out here, and we're going to hold this over to episode number two. So it'll be number, this will be 68, and All the right. next one will be 69, 69, right? 
I think that'll work. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Truck Show Podcast. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. And don't forget to uh, hit us up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast or on email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to check out our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, Nissan, for all of your half-ton truck needs. Remember the Nissan Titan and Titan XD, especially with that 5-liter Cummins V8. Comes with a industry-best 5-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Nissan, our first sponsor since the beginning. Just re-upped for a second year. Thank you so much. And then our associate sponsor, Decked. For all oh the stuff gosh. rolling around in the back of Lightning's Mini. Yes. No, I, I wish. Oh, I Do you think you could put a Mini in a deck in a real truck? It would might fit. It might fit. <laughs> but I wonder if they would make a little bitty tiny version of to go in the back of the Mini. I don't want to keep talking about a the min, Mini. A mini deck? Dude, I'm going to continue to get more hate. Listen, guys, I am, <laughs> I'm selling it. I or want a bicycle. That, no, I want that to be clear. I've taken so much heat. And yes, I love that car. But I can't take any more heat. I'm going to sell. But I would love to put a deck until that time happens. Uh, so if you're looking for a great storage solution, uh, whether you're in construction, you're a surfer, this is the perfect solution. And you can stack 2,000 pounds on top of the deck system. That's way more than your Mini can hold. <laughs> <laughs> I could put my Mini on top of a deck system. A Mini no, in a truck on top? No. You'd be close. Yeah, you'd be I close. Do it. It'd be damn close. It'd be yeah. damn close. Deck.com for all the info. We're coming back with uh, our guest in the next episode, episode 69. Episode 69. Yeah. You right. pervert. You pervert. Oh, hey, whoa, <laughs> anyway, whoa. Alice, we're not perverted. <laughs> <laughs>